And what's going to make you stand out in the market is telling a story. And the best way to tell a story is to try to make it personal, to try to make it about something that you have inside of you, something that you've experienced and something that you want to experience or something that you've overcome. Starting there, the story will evolve, the story will change, but it'll get there. And when you use a story like that, it'll allow people to connect on a deeper level, not just with the price, not just whether this is affordable or not, or whether I have the money or not, whether I need this or not. It allows people to connect with your brand. It allows people to connect with what you're trying to communicate to them. And then it transcends cost altogether. And then it goes into, I actually need this in my life, or I resonate with this. I want this. Hey, everybody, this is Gil, Dan, Manny, Josh, and this is the Bench Players Podcast, brought to you by the Sandoval Agency. Hey, everybody, welcome to another riveting episode of the Bench Players Podcast. My name is Gil. We have Manny and Dan in the studio with us. We also have Austin, Rick, Tanner, Denzel and the always professional, always amazing Eric A. Bear. You, you, Frenchy, huh? I like that, dude. Um, with us in here. And today's topic is uh, storytelling in advertising and marketing. Uh, I read a quote the other day and it said, no one goes to sleep wishing they would have seen more advertising. No one goes to sleep wishing they would have seen more advertising. So we should make more content that helps and inspires people. And I think storytelling is the way to do that. Unless you work in advertising. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. Storytelling in advertising, though. That's the that's the thing, right? Like no, sto- you're right. using storytelling. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just joking, dude. Don't be a that, jerk. That's, on, what, that's little brother. Jerk. That's little brother permission. Oh, I can do whatever I want. Gosh. You're right, though. And I think even let's talk about story. Believe it or not, regardless of experience, even education level, everything, humans, that's what we resonate with. Yeah. And basically that is something that's ingrained in us. It's how we learn. It's how we process. It's it's the start, the finish, right? There's a, uh, you know, there's a high and the low part in the story. There's, there's a connection into it and we're all doing it. We just don't know that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think the problem, and it tends to happen when we say we don't focus on story, is that we're going for the quick win. We're going for the quick sell. We're going for the quick, the diluted version of what we all recognize as powerful, which is the power, uh, the power of storytelling. And to add a second layer to that, I, I really believe this is that I think a lot of us, because we maybe don't have a, we don't practice storytelling or we don't think we've told a great story that we think that we're incapable of storytelling. And I disagree with that. Hmm. I have this thought process that you have to give our permission, ourselves permission to believe that our story matters and even our client's story matters. And the problem is everyone thinks like we compare, it's that comparison syndrome. We compare whatever and that's not our job. Like, I mean, our job is to analyze the market and all that stuff, but it really is to take whatever the client asks, take whatever it is that you are crafting, right? The heart of it, the audience and how you're connecting that and utilize all that information, the, the, the SWOT analysis, you name it to create the story that resonates with, you know, your intention, your objective. But I think a lot of times we discredit that because we're starting with maybe not the most ideal pieces, characters for a story or the ideal ask or where maybe we're not working for the uh, from a client perspective with the with uh, with a for a Lionsgate movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you start thinking, well, how am I ever going to create something as impactful as that? 
And the truth is like, regardless the size of notoriety, a good story is a good story. A good story moves people. And I like this thought that if it doesn't move you, it's not going to move someone else. Hmm. So I think you got to develop that. You know, I think there's a lot of analytical processes. You can put it through all, you know, SWOT analysis for the market. You got to put some treatment, character development, story arcs, what's the narrative, all of that good stuff that like you can learn in school on YouTube. But how do you build heart? How do you build depth? How do you build the, I'm going to about to move somebody from, uh, from a, wow, never heard about that to, man, I'm crying or man, that means something to me or man, that just made me laugh. Right. And that, I think that. I think that's storytelling. Yeah. And I think people connect with that. I think that's what that's what people can really actually see themselves in. You know, um, they can see themselves within that. Like you were telling a story in our, on our last episode. And you were, you were talking about how the adversity that you were, you were going through and some of the challenges that you were having and, and just, you know, the situation that you were in. And the beautiful part about storytelling is that you can see yourself within that story. So while you were telling that story, I was thinking about my own adversity in my own life and how the similarities within that, right? You weren't selling anything. You weren't, you weren't Mm -hmm. saying, you you weren't saying, Hey, buy, buy this for nine 99, but you had my attention. Right. And you, and I saw myself with in that story that you were telling. And I think when we use this avenue for advertising, it's not a direct Hey, buy this for nine ninety nine. Which nowadays, I think we are all we are we're all conditioned to that. We're all conditioned to the fact that that's a used car salesman, and it's sleazy and yep. it's cheap. And there, there's tons of debates all over the place whether whether it works, whether it doesn't. There's these formulas, right? You do you do you do three three regular posts, and then your fourth or your fourth or fifth one is your sale post. And then you do that all the time. And that's how you do it. And that's how you generate more sales and more leads, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that would work if we were all robots and we, we all thought the same way, but we don't. If the audience was conditioned to expect three value posts and then one sale post. Right. 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 But we don't, we're not freaking machines. We're not robots. What if, what if the day that you, you give me that sale post, that lead, whatever post, I was having a shit day. I'm not going to resonate with that the same way, Mm. but a story like that, I can resonate with that. I can see myself in there. And then you create a, a follower and a follower is very much, is very different than a customer. A customer is just, I'm going to buy this from you. And it's I transactional, It's bro. transactional. No. I don't care about you afterwards. And, and the follower in the story, Dan, I, don't forget your thought. A follower that's in the story perspective, me just trying to be story-based, is your audience. Mm-hmm. It's, so go ahead, Dan. And it's connection, too. Making yeah. a connection. Because Absolutely. if you go somewhere, and I don't care where it is. I really don't. You can go anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere. You, you didn't even intend to go to this place. If somebody was nice to you, listened to you, you're going to go back or you're going to say, I like that place. If somebody's rude to you and it's your favorite place, fuck that place. I don't want to go back there again because there was no connection. Your experience was bad. Sure. And I think that's that it has a lot to do with that. Making a connection with with the audience, not just on a on a, you know, need because everyone needs things. Everyone. Yeah. And, and people don't need things and they still want it. But everyone wants to need things. Right. But when you make a connection, it's deeper. You you create that return customer. You create that or, or, or a follower. Yeah. 
because you want to see what they're going to do again or tomorrow uh, are you still nice or you want to go back because you had a great experience intentional meaningful stories and something that um you know we have notes here which i think i love a uh, great job denzel uh, and i actually resonate with this something that i feel like i've been trying to work on for the last 10 years of my life is storytelling is also a way of simplifying complex messages hmm. i think the power of story is being able to simplify it um you know i've always been a big talker rick who's in the room we've shared so many car rides where thankfully he's driven i would talk his ear off I bet you from where when we first started doing our car rides and, uh, you know, driving to do these really small gigs for hardly anything and eating McDonald's, which I still do. I feel like I realized that a lot of the hour long conversations I probably could have said in a sentence. (laughs) And I've had to learn how to become a better storyteller. And I realized that when you do find a way to take a complex, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a, an objective from an ass, from a, when you're advertising, when you can break it down, maybe here's a, a tactic or like an actual applicable thing. When you're getting too up in, in, in the weeds or in the clouds or like you just you, you have that guy that talks for an hour like me, just ask him, can you just give it to me in a sentence? Mm. And I think that's where you start the story. In film, it's the log line. It, it isn't like the highs and lows. It's just what, who's the main character? You know, what is the op, the challenge, the an, antagonist? And then what are the, what's at stake? That's it. So in advertising or when we're doing it with a client, I think when we're trying to sell, uh, not sell, but advertise, we're actually trying to connect. Dan, you said something really deep from, a, from an advertising p- perspective is we already know people have a need. I don't, I, I don't know why I always gravitate towards, it sounds silly, but toilet paper. It's weird. I, I use that for everything. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm taking a creative risk here because this could go really bad. We mm-hmm. know people need toilet paper. Do we need to remind them that? No. But what do bad storytellers do? You need start toilet paper for nine ninety nine. Duh, I need it. I have to. It's a necessity. But then how do you take a spin? I don't know about you guys, but the, the kind of marketing that happens with that, it's usually very lighthearted, fun, and whatever, right? The kind right. of advertising. So what I'm getting at is we know our customers have a need. If someone comes to you, duh, because or else they would do it themselves. Right. But to your point, and I, I mean, th- I think we're very brand centric, building brand over time. I don't think we even need to ask people so much to buy or sell them things. I think is we just deposit so much story and value and meaningfulness that the day that you do need to ask your audience for something or the day we need to sell to a client they know that there's already a depth. There's, there's character development. There right. is a, um, there is a relationship. Right. So basically, if you don't have a relationship with your customers, your audience, or let's just even your clients, it's going to be really hard to sell them something, especially selling something meaningful, big, or if you're trying to get paid more, or if you're trying to um, sell a lot more product or whatever with an audience. Right. So in essence, you got to build that relationship. You got to, you got to know the depth. And I guess, honestly, you can't just go for the, the ass. you got to build that story. you got to paint the picture. Well, and the hard part is that that's the hard thing to do. That's what takes effort. That's what takes time. That's what takes emotion. It that's takes, what keeps you up at night. It, yeah. That, those are the things that are hard to do. It's very easy for you to just say, hey, buy this for $3. And when you're talking about toilet paper and stuff like that, commodities and household items, that's a race to the bottom for most companies. Mm. Because all you're doing is you're trying to undercut the guy the, the guy behind you. If this costs $1.99, then mine costs $1.97. 
And if yours costs 197, then I'm going to try to figure out how to sell this one for 195, or I'm going to sell more and figure out the price math to just make it cheaper. Whatever. Well, let's use that example. And by but, the way, even just sorry before go ahead, go ahead. I forget, even something similar to toilet paper, like the diapers. I buy the diapers that have Mickey on it. Why? It's because I like Mickey. There's a ton of diaper boxes with with who is it? Cowboy guy. What's his name? And Cowboy his guy, dude. Buzz? Toy, Toy Story, yes. Oh, What's wrong on, with you, dude? dude? So you got you got your diapers with the cowboy, the space guy, and then you have all these different things. Right? Buzz and Woody, dude. Sure, Dan, Dan, sure. Dan is what resonating I... for our 65 and older audience who hasn't seen a Pixar. Wow. I'm just kidding. I love no. you guys. <laughs> Abuelita, I love you. But my son, every time he sees the Mickey, he says, Mickey, I get it. Because he made, Mickey made a connection with him, or he made a connection with Mickey. Had he done that with the cowboy, Woody, I'd be like, all right, let's get those. I don't care. But it's that connection. <laughs> it's like when, when uh, I had another example, too. Oh, and I think Austin Austin and I had gone to, a long time ago, gone to Total Wine, and we were looking at the beers, and I literally was like, I like that label. I don't know what flavor it is or what it even is. I like that label. And then we started going down, just, I like that label. Oh, that label looks cool. I was more inclined to try the labels that I liked than the labels that just said have this, you, this. Have, and have, the qualifications you, were have the, you guys, the alcohol is super high. Austin and I, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Have you guys ever bought alcohol, yes. beer, yes. wine, yes. spirits, anything no. based on a label yes. alone? Yes. Label alone. Yes. You stood there in front of the sea of yes. stuff. You look at a label. Have yes, you, yes, 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 yes. Have you done that? Yes. Don't be stupid, man. Shut I up. I did. <laughs> Have you guys, have you guys, you've done that? I feel like most, dang, I am so wrong then. I feel like most people don't. But you you got, but you got to remember most people, there's no silver bullet. Like, you know, some of us are adventurous like Austin, which I I love you, Austin, because we go to a restaurant. Austin looks at the menu and goes, what sounds, in my opinion, I I bet you he's doing what, what, what is going to compliment the night? Dan, you brought up the diapers and the character, right? Why is Mickey valuable? Not because Mickey showed up in your son's life the last two years. He's two, right? Did I get yes, that right? Yes. yes. Good uncle. Mickey has been around for 50 plus years, right? There's mm-hmm. a story, a brand built within that. So then you understand, you know what? Mickey is a meaningful dude. Safe for my son. He fell in love with it. So that story has carried on. So of course, you know, we need diapers. We know that and all that stuff. Going back to Gil's uh, example of the price range, right? We're going to get a little bit more like a business kind of sales strategy here. When you have two items that are similar in the same price and they're like side by side. What makes the difference between price? That's where brand story and perceived value here. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to salvage this product grocery store thing. (laughs) Mr. Clean. Remember Mr. Clean, the bald dude as a kid growing up in LA, we could never buy Mr. Clean. Fabuloso for us. Homeboy. Yes, sir. Fabuloso. Uh, Shout out. Or Pinesol. Which pine You mean pine Oh man! <laughs> Holy that is, if, shit! If is you, that how you actually say it? My mind is blown. That's what our mom called it, bro. Pine sol, which the is fuck? pine I sol. thought that was a Spanish word. No, it's pine sol. It's just the way they interpret it. In there, boy, is my face red. <laughs> wow, you look good. You look Thanks, good. dude. You know, yeah, you it's good. getting hot in here, real quick. <laughs> Mister Clean, right? Bald guy with the earring. <laughs> earring. So there's a story to that. Oh, As a kid growing up, you know, again, South Central LA. I was like, I that I that was the first time I saw a bald guy with an earring. Right. And I was like, what is that story? And this is me. 
So as I started getting older, I realized that they were selling to a certain demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning strong dude cleaning supplies for the home. There, that's a story, dude. Mm. The, the story isn't just, okay, a painting. Does a painting tell a story? If you say, no, I'm going to be upset. Of course, Yeah, of course. Well, okay. it, it, a good one, I would assume. Okay. Uh, does a picture tell a story? A good one, I would assume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's the takeaway. If you, if you, sometimes some of us are brilliant and we'll come up with a great story for a campaign in a minute or like how Queen wrote Bohemian Rhapsody on a napkin, right? Cool. Sure. That's not everybody. If you put in the work, the work will show in the story. What I'm getting at is there's intentionality, there's an audience, there is an objective. And then you're just trying to find the most, we would encourage you to find the most creative way to do that. Mr. Clean did that. So I, when I got married and I, you know, I started going to the grocery store and I get lost, um, don't ever send me to the grocery store. I remember seeing Mr. Clean. I, I had a flashback of where I grew up. And I was like, why is this guy, why do I like him? <laughs> and then why did, why did the demographic they were marketing to like, he was strong, earring. I, I still don't get that part. I'm working on that. Bald. And they've revised his look. And what I realized was like, cleaning sucks sometimes. And maybe at the time, I'm just throwing out there, maybe in the in the day that it came out, it was it stood out to have a male figure on this product that was like, you know, he's got the little shirt. And, you know, come on, why couldn't he have a bigger shirt? If you ask all these questions, it's attention. It grabbed attention and it allowed to, to, to put someone in there that shows strength, that shows what. And you know what? That's to the audience to decide. But when you use that story and you're consistent with it, it builds equity with your audience. It builds equity with your client. One of the biggest advice, and I feel like I we, we said this on a podcast, I was thankful to sit with the SVP of uh, like theatrical um, for Paramount. And I talked to him for 15 minutes, lunch. And um, I remember I asked him, what advice can you give me? I told him about agents and everything. He said, you're doing everything right. So I don't know what else to tell you. And I'm like, dude, that that sucks because that's not what I came something. here. Yeah. But he said two things. One, it would be absurd for you not to share your story with everyone you meet every single time. Right. Right. And the second one, I'll leave that for another episode. But <laughs> the story aspect of it is true. Why? Because yeah. consistently well, you're, you're pushing it, not pushing it, you're sharing it. People, next time they see you, it's like, that's the guy that's been punched in the face. That's the yeah. Rocky guy. Well, and like making the parallel too, when we used to go pitch for stuff, we knew for a fact that there could be other agencies. Most of the time there were other agencies, but because we communicated our story and where we came from and what we came from, when you looked at a group of agencies, there was five agencies that did marketing. And then there was one agency that were brothers that traveled all around the world in a rock band and somehow made a business from that mm-hmm. and are creatives. So the story that we had allowed us to stand out. And that's how story really mm. helps you. It really helps you. Even like Mr. Clean, I did not connect with Mr. Clean that way at all. You don't, you don't, you don't ever stay up late at night thinking, never, why, is, why does he have one earring? I don't think about I think that, I think that guy is a... <laughs> it's an earring. Quickly, give me the one sentence. I'll take my own advice. How do you utilize storytelling in the work you do? When you're dealing with like a team of people, right? Obviously, inspiration has a lot to do with it. You have to inspire your team to do what they're about to do. That kind of is a lot of work and they're going to be stressed, whatever, yada, yada. When you tell a story the right way and it's captivating, entertaining, or it makes you feel something, I feel like they're more motivated to Mm -hmm. to do that 
with with more passion or it'll make them feel better about doing what they're doing. Right. So like communicating something that can be said, hey, you need to do this. Or like, hey, we got this killer project. It's going to be awesome. Let me tell you the story behind it. Boom. Then they feel more, how would you say, invested yeah. or connected to it and therefore will work harder for it or on it. And they'll want to do their, their best work because they know the purpose behind it connecting the last podcast to this one you're welcome boom so i i use the example of um i was working on creating a uh helping create a curriculum for gcu for marketing and and um content creation and we were talking about this specific topic and for for whatever reason i was using the analogy of a burrito of of a burrito shop and i was saying when you when you're trying to sell burrito you can sell this burrito for 2.99 right hey this is and that's a cheap burrito obviously but you can say, hey, this burrito is two ninety nine. Salad, salad and go, three bucks. Yeah, I know. But, <clears throat> or you can create a piece of content. You can create something. And I think burrito, a burrito shop should do this, by the way. I've you never can, heard of a burrito shop, just to FYI. Bro, burrito shops? Oh, different interpretations shops. of burritos. I've never heard like of a burrito shop. Go ahead. People are going to start stealing our ideas and starting yes. businesses. Yes, I'm, I'm down with that. You should do this. If you own a burrito spot, you should do this. If you have the adventure of a dude looking for the most epic burrito and he goes through the adventure of like his car won't start he just wants a burrito he has burrito on his on his brain and he goes outside and his car won't start so now he has to ride his bike he's riding his bike he hits a tree so now he's got all this adversity but he still wants he the burrito is the saving grace and he's still trying to get there and then he shows up to this place that makes burritos and he finally finally after all this adversity he finally gets his burrito and he eats a burrito and he gets it and it's amazing and it's the greatest burrito in the in the horde and now his whole day is better right now his entire day is better it's saved the car whatever the bike whatever you know the dog that chased him on the street whatever now his day is saved and he's just had this burrito and then at the end you just see the logo and that's it right you didn't say the price you didn't you didn't you didn't say any of that. You didn't say burritos two ninety nine. But now what do you want? You want a burrito because you in your mind you're like, This burrito is gonna make my day better. This burrito is gonna help me. And you want burritos. And back to your point uh, b- before, you're not trying to convince people to buy burritos. You're trying to convince people to buy your burrito. You're not trying to convince people to buy toilet paper. You're trying to convince people to buy your toilet paper. Same with the cleaning. You're not trying to convince people to clean their homes or to buy cleaning products. You're trying to convince them to buy your cleaning products. Why should they buy your cleaning products? And what's going to make you stand out in the market is telling a story. And the best way to tell a story is to try to make it personal, to try to make it about something that you have inside of you, something that you've experienced and something that you want to experience or something that you've overcome. Starting there, the story will evolve. The story will change. But it'll get there. And when you use a story like that, it'll allow people to connect on a deeper level, not just with the price, not just whether this is affordable or not, or whether I have the money or not, whether I need this or not. It allows people to connect with your brand. It allows people to connect with what you're trying to communicate to them. And then it transcends cost altogether. And then it goes into, I actually need this in my life or I resonate with this. I want this. And for the people that aren't here for our jokes and our awesome long stories, here is a couple of steps to think about. One, know your audience. Two, define your core message. Three, decide what you're telling. And four, establish your call to action. And then fifth, 
to Gil's point is how do you keep it authentic, real, creative? Everyone has a need. And the way I'd like to say that I use story is to share the promise and keep the promise. And I don't know the guy that said this, but basically the writer saying, writer, I'm using that as an example, is the writer's job is that he promises his audience that after you read that first sentence, the promise is that it's worth reading the next. And I think that's what it is. You can't just tell your client or your audience or your customers one story and then it ends there. What happens next? Where is it going? And I think that's what we lose focus on. Don't be distracted by, man, I need a big story for it to be successful. No, 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 no. Understand the need. Understand your audience. What is that message? And then find where they are and apply that story there. If you are in an elevator, right, and you got the, the elusive elevator pitch, that's a different, you know, where you're meeting your customer at. Then if you're speaking at a conference or you're, or you're having a lunch meeting, you got to adapt the story to the placement. So if we can harness the power of story, it won't just help you accomplish a goal. I believe that it can permeate culture. It can change lives. And honestly, at the end of the day, it could lift someone up, smile, that doesn't want to clean their house. But man, does it feel good looking at Mr. Clean. Thank you for listening to the Bench Players Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I hope to catch you at the next episode. Until then, check us out on Instagram at sandoval.agency and on our website, sandovalagency.com. Sandoval.